0: Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 95, Why Resistance? Why do we resist, Jesse? We are broadcasting live, well, live for us from the worldwide headquarters of the Gospel Underground here in Blacksburg, Virginia. I'm here with my good friend, Jesse Fury, back from vacation or elder retreat or something uh, (laughs) two weeks ago or whenever I did the short solo. It was was an elder retreat. I wish it was a
1: vacation. Yeah, the elder retreats feel
0: just like vacations. (laughs) For you guys out there, Uh, uh, the leadership team of churches many times gets together for uh, work, business, retreats, and usually that's uh, not vacation-like. It's bearing burdens of real humans and... They're good and bad moments of life. and well, although, mostly good for our children. Yeah, life.
1: mostly good. And and, and although um, there are some similarities to like, you know, when you're, at least for me, I've got four children that are in the home. And so vacation, even like a really good vacation, we come back very refreshed with a lot poured into us, but also very exhausted. Yes, yes. And so that, I, I think, you know, the elder retreats are pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come back really refreshed, but also kind of like, oh, man, I need to just... You take know, a nap. Take a nap for the next couple of days. Amen. We've we've uh, we never really did a lot of heavy uh, family vacationing.
0: We did a lot where we'd go see family with our little kids, mm. and that you know that usually spreads the load out. And then Casey and I, for years, and have tried to do vacations without kids, uh, uh, which is a, a bonus. Cause that's a great idea it was for us for a long time now you know my wife's like well soccer started we can never go on vacation ever again and so it feels like we haven't had a vacation forever need one I keep saying it I'll keep saying that maybe you could say that to my wife don't you guys yes. need a vacation yeah. does, she, does she listen to does she listen to uh, t- Tommy does okay, uh, my
1: son's the faithful listener every every up, Tommy? every morning what's up Tommy uh, I just, if we're going to make a plan for me to talk to Casey I just want to make sure she's not <laughs> listening five foot eight
0: inch Tommy Reed taller than me now I feel like a little Small oh, dude man. I'm keeping my swolness. I got a little yeah, you gar- can still take Garage gym going I got my dumbbells out You know Overpaid for 50 pound dumbbells and Tommy, he's a tall, skinny drink of water still, but so he can't step, but he's, he's looking down on dad, that's mm-hmm. for sure. But mm-hmm. hey, so what's going on today uh, on the podcast? We're going to continue in our resistance discussion. We, uh, we've done a lot with looking at what's in the borderlands, sojourning in Babylon. How do we be people of influence, engaging cultural worlds while not getting captured? Bored, right? And and then resistance thinking. While you were gone, I talked a little bit about this relevance with faithfulness kind of thinking.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, I listened. I loved it. Oh, you did I, listen. Of no, oh, yeah. cool. course, you're a, I listened. Come listener. on, yeah. I'm a listener. Yeah. I I listen. I watch the little cupcake things. I was thinking I might even just buy those for my my kids hey. are really into hey. baking now too. Hey, Silicon Kitchen. That's Hit right. Support your friend. Yeah. Um, uh, I love the, the wisdom and the, the place. And I was even thinking about with place, like you, we could go even further into like the importance of locality and like engaging with actual, like, cause you, I think you were, you were th- talking about place more in the sense of your place in the world. Yes. Yes. And, yes. Uh, you know, of course I'm, I'm always wanting to think about <laughs> actual like soil, you the, know, the, the geotemporal spatial, yeah, realities. spatial realities. Yeah. On no, the- I loved it. I loved it. Love the, uh, resist the Borg. Yes. Hey. A lot of you guys
0: have been, you know, watching little clips we've put up on our social media and, uh, been mentioned. So keep spreading the word. Numbers are good. The podcast is strong. We're thankful for you guys out there listening. Um, I think Jesse's going to berate me with some, uh, some questions here today. We're bringing back our, our inner out segment. And so.
1: I forgot, I forgot how fun the in-or-out music is. And
0: you did not tell me. Jesse does this sometimes when we do in-or-out. He does not tell me in advance that's what right. the questions are going to be. That's right. so, if, you're, uh, if you're
1: watching the video, you see that I've got my actual notebook, my that's journal. Right, that's right. I didn't put it in the in the Evernote that we share the outline because I didn't that's, want me to see this. Okay. That's right. Now listen, so in-or-out means I'm going to ask a question or make a statement. You're going to either go in or out. Uh, so I don't expect you're going to go in on all these. <laughs> okay, okay. First question. First question. Uh, what do you think about The Atlantic endorsing a candidate? The Atlantic, the Atlantic magazine, magazine for, for I think only the third or fourth time, and and you know that's like 160 year old. I don't know how old it is, yeah, man, they endorsed. I think they put it as we have, uh, we're, we oppose Trump. We, so have- I guess, that, I guess that's. <laughs> Endorsing Biden. What do you think? I'm a subscriber to the
0: Atlantic. Used to be the Atlantic Monthly, I guess, a long time ago. Um, I just feel like it's become a political rag more than anything. It's so, and I think this is because of the Trumpian rhetoric, rhetorical reality. So I'm going in on this uh, tr- Trumpian rhetorical realities. That, but I was reading an article just a couple days ago on a walk from the Atlantic. I was like, this is just. Uh, a, a political screed from a certain place and position ideologically and i don't know i used to go to the atlantic mainly for thoughtful engagement with culture and society and things and now i just feel like it's like okay i get it i'm i'm personally a never trump i i'm not i'm just out myself sorry i, I can't do oh. it i can't get there is that one of your next questions <laughs> nope uh, nope um so, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not voting for the other guy either. And so sorry for outing myself. Some of you who know me know this, but, um, but I don't want to just hear like from the Atlantic, just like hard leftist stuff, yeah. man. So yeah, I'm in on that and I'm questioning whether I'm to keep subscribing, but I probably will. Cause it's sometimes some good stuff. There.
1: Sometimes some good stuff. All right. Hey, Hey, I'm going to stay on theme here. I promise they're not all political oh, questions, gosh. uh, in or out. Piper, I don't know if you've seen this, but John Piper and now his old buddy, now nemesis, Wayne Grudem, have uh, have issued their political kind of back and forth now. What do you think about the Piper vs. Grudem uh, arguments going on right now? Um, I'll go in on that. Um I love both
0: my sets of friends who have read both sets of articles and sent them to me with glowing approval. I love all y'all. I'm friends with Wayne's son. What's up, Elliot? Um, so that's where I'm going to stay. That's kind of in ish kind of out, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have to go yeah. in on all of them. a Piper believes in eternity. And that's what people are missing about his argument. He's not just making a pragmatic political argument. He's talking about the destiny of souls and that God poses the proud, so that's where he's coming from. Doctor Grudem is making the political pragmatic argument of why many uh, people will vote for Donald Trump.
1: <laughs> good, good. All right, iPhone 12 Pro, will you upgrade? Why or why not? Uh, Jesse, your video is being recorded right now on the it Pacific Blue. It already happened. Pacific Blue. It already Blue. happened. <laughs> the Pacific look Blue. How beautiful uh, that I, is. you're gonna look so good on that video. Oh man. I was, look how beautiful the Pacific Blue is too. Yeah, so, so oh, I you feel so you calm let,
0: looking at it. Let your heart no longer wonder. Um, I was due, I, I waited, I didn't, I used to upgrade way too much and now I, I waited on this one and hey, it's been great. I'm a super fan, trying to decide whether I want to use a case or yeah, not. I know, it's hard to cover that beautiful blue up. A little magnet wallet thing is in the mail for November, so Lord willing, uh, we might reviewish uh, the, the iPhone 12 Pacific Blue Pro with lots of memory
1: recording your video right now. Mm. Mm. All right. All right. <laughs> this is more, this is not really an in or out. This is like a, well, in or out, tell us what your favorite book you're reading right now is. Ooh, I am
0: reading, um, my wife makes fun of this book, um, because I'm reading it both in electronic form at times and listening to it. Uh, it's by, it's called the history of Western science by Susan Weiss Bauer. And it's basically about the history of scientific writing or text, Key Taxi by Galileo or by Max Planck or uh, Albert Einstein. And it's kind of a treatise on these developments in scientific history. I can't imagine um, why Casey makes fun of you for that. <laughs> She's like, at least we can go to sleep <laughs> to this because it's so boring. Uh, but my, my, my middle daughter, Kylene, is actually reading it now based on my recommendation. So I'm feeling quite nerdy about that
1: uh, history of science book I'm reading excellent excellent you've got so the genius in the family agrees well one of the geniuses they're all geniuses. i don't know about that the mom and dad are not the kids are showing yeah, well right yeah. now well dad's not okay actually you are you are okay last question uh favorite meat to smoke Ooh,
0: you know i have to go in on that but that i might have to stay out on that. that's very difficult It's like choosing your favorite
1: kid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, It depends on the mood. Like yesterday I smoked ribeye steaks in the rain mainly because our friend Nick, what's up, Nick? Um, I smoked a bunch of bacon for him and he like, did like a barter trade? I'll give you some whatever you want in my meat cabinet, fridge, this is, uh, freezer. This is, this is yeah.
1: apparently like a normal thing in our neck of the woods, right? It, you, you live in meat, Southwest meat Virginia, you're, you're doing like meat barters. Yeah. You were just telling me before we recorded that you were paid in meat to go speak at a local church. Yeah, yeah. Somebody paid me in
0: meat <laughs> last year. <laughs> Slaughtered hamburger meat. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I think he's a oh, cattle man. farmer. Right? Yeah, yeah that, he is. Yeah. He is. And we've bought some meat from him since because it was really good meat that they paid me in last year. But yeah, I'd say last night these huge ribeyes. Steaks in the rain, and they were delightful. But that's expensive, right? You can't do that kind of thing very often. At least we can't. Um, and so, my kids really like pork loins, and they're pretty quick to do in a smoker. You can slice them; they they can be on sale for really, really cheap. So that's a family favorite. But I think a ten-hour kind of Boston butt, and you guys know out there, the Boston butt is named after the containers in Boston that they used to have pork shoulders in. It's not actually the booty of a mm. pig that you're eating mm. when you're eating a Boston butt. A lot of people don't know that. You're not talking about ham you're talking about the shoulder and so i think if a uh, peaceful day because I, I use charcoal and wood right because because i'm a man um (laughs) when i smoke my meat um and so uh yeah i think an all day where i'm listening to podcasts maybe cut my grass maybe read a book um Mm. just kind of maybe now that i have my garage gym throw some dumbbells around kind of 10 hour day that my wife would give me to smoke a boston butt. probably probably that would be my favorite
1: Mm, sounds good
0: well, in or out is back. Jesse, thank you for doing that. I think I went in on all of those. I even told you who I'm
1: not voting for. You, you um, went, you went, you went further in than I, I thought you would. I ain't voting
0: for nobody on. <laughs> I'm gonna write somebody in because like vote for Yeezy I don't know man but hey today we're back in looking at why resistance is so uh, important um, that believers in Jesus followers of Jesus are called out of the world to sojourn within it in order to love God with all their heart, soul, mind and strength love their neighbors out yourself and that's practical that's real it's not just hypothetical uh, our neighbors shouldn't think oh be, they just hate us and they're all just about their causes um, as well as as influence others, share the gospel, uh, and without resistance, right, we lose our ability to speak a word that's not from the world and the culture, that's from God Mm. into the lives of people and culture that need the grace, forgiveness of God and the family that he calls us to. So we're going to talk about why this idea of resistance is so important with really um, two words today, Jesse, um, influence. And refuge. Now, later on, at the end of this kind of mini series on resistance thinking, we will get into uh, why being a refuge in the home, the church, and in our cities is so important. We'll talk about what that means later. Uh, We'll just introduce that today. But today, we want to talk mainly about. the reason why we must resist um, either getting borged in or culture inculturated by Republicans, Democrats, this religion or that American consumerism, communism, whatever ism it is. um, We have to stay faithful to King Jesus and communicate in a relevant way, connect and communicate with others to influence people. And Jesse, I thought it would be fun today just to share a little bit about people who've been influential Mm -hmm. in our lives and for me, I go to a guy, one of the guys that my son is named after, Thomas Reed Monahan. He's named after Thomas Michael Exton Camper, who I'll talk about today. He's also named after. Thomas Aquinas, a medieval theologian and philosopher from France, or what's modern day France? He's also named after Thomas Reed a Scottish common sense realist philosopher. Uh, look him up; he's pretty cool. Uh, and then also Thomas the Tank Engine, because you know we flowed that <laughs> way when he was little. Um, it's a flexible name: Tommy Reed, T.R. <laughs> Monahan, T. Tom, Tommy Reed. He, it can do a lot of things. But the main reason was a guy named Thomas Michael Exon Camper. We called him Mike Exon Camper, Mike X, Ex, Sexy Xy We called him all kind of stuff. Um, stepped into my life when I was a young man. I wasn't pursuing God. I wasn't looking for God. I was pursuing wrestling glory, uh, academic excellence at the University of North Carolina. And this guy stepped into my life who obviously had practiced a certain way of being a Christian in the world that allowed him to be present with knucklehead wrestlers uh, and faithful to God. So he had something to say to me. So I'll, I'll share a little bit more uh, about Mike in a moment. But Jesse, how about you, man? Did anybody kind of resistance thinking, faithful, relevant people flow around your your deal? Yeah, yeah.
1: So <clears throat> I grew up, um, you know, in a Roman Catholic family, but mostly nominal. Uh yeah. And so church wasn't, you know, you know, a big part of my life growing right. up. Uh, uh, so my best friend's parents who are still, still an influence in my life, Eric and Barbara Johnson. So this shout out to Eric yeah. Barbara Johnson. They, they uh, also a meat smoker, Eric Johnson. Yeah. He's yeah. a, he's a meat <laughs> he's smoker, a, he's right? He's a barbecue guy. He's yeah. a barbecue guy. He, he smokes meat, uh, professionally. Uh, for Radford Coffee Company on Mondays, they actually founded and 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 started Radford Coffee Company in Radford. But before that, they were uh, just my friend Brett's parents, mm. and um, they really uh, exemplify for me what it looked like to take their faith seriously and to uh, to live on mission in uh, in the world. So, amen, uh, amen. yeah, amen. You know. Th- A lot of times, Jesse, we
0: just assume that this kind of presence with us or witness to us is just, we take it for granted, right? It's like, oh, yeah, Christians will be around doing these things. Man, for my life, it it was really an interception that God did. I was living for myself and, and I knew that Mike was on campus. We called him the Bible guy and the Bible man. And he had come to talk to our wrestling team. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of doing some of that stuff now with the Virginia tech wrestlers. Um, Hey, are you interested in Jesus? And of course I was like, uh, we'll not be talking to this man. Mm-hmm. Right. And didn't fill out his car, Turned in blank. And he, you know, cornered me, you know, with his happy smile. I, I used to say he had the high pro glow, so he kind of looked different. I remember around Christopher. he was just kind of this face. And, um, you know, people have Jersey face. In Jersey, it's look like they're questioning your resistance and a little bit angry at you. Mike didn't have that. He had the high pro glow. And uh, I remember he saw me and was like, hey, what's going on? And what's happening? And he just started engaging me and talk to me. And I knew, you know, from, from other people that he was a professional athlete. He played some minor league baseball. I made maybe double a for the Yankee system, never made it to the bigs or anything. So I knew he had a presence in worlds that, that I understood, mm-hmm. you know, that obviously he, he was not what we called civilians. He was an athlete. Yeah. He was competing. And, uh, but yet yeah, he, he had time for me. He's like, Hey, I want to come talk to you about, uh, he goes, you, where does God fit into what you're doing with physics and rest? I was like, I don't, I don't believe in God. I don't even know what, what I think about that. He goes, well, let me come to your dorm and talk to you about that. I'm like, okay. I was so scared. Um, and he, you know, and I, I was thinking, well, I'm going to blow him up with inflationary big bang theory and this, this, and that uh, scientific theory that obviously he won't know about. Get me off the hook. Uh, but yet he faithfully, because he had held to the gospel that's in the scriptures that Jesus taught, that the apostles conveyed. Um, he came and just shared some simple things with me that really disarmed my intellectualism and allowed, uh, God to speak to me. And, um, I'll never forget, man, that he he was willing and patient to be with me, but yet speak the truth to me that I was a sinner, which I thought was insulting. You don't call people that. You just met me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that I was a sinner in need of forgiveness, in need of God's grace, and then patient enough to answer my questions, be present with me. Who was, I was a really worldly guy, right? Um, and then to lead me to the person who could save me, Jesus himself. And so without his um, being kind of in the world that, of athletics and, uh, you know, you know, saying God use me here, and without His resistance to, hey, this is the way you're supposed to be a, a man in culture, or supposed to be uh, an athlete in culture, He would have nothing to share with me that I didn't already know. Mm. And I'll never forget, man, His patience and time He spent with me on the college campus.
1: Yeah, that 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 actually dovetails pretty well with for me thinking more about high school with Eric and Barbara uh, and their families. You know, they 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 just. They they were different. There was yeah. something about them, you know. They were they went they were missionaries in Venezuela for a couple of years, and so, um, so that already was very radical and weird to me. They were,
0: they were multicultural
1: kind of folks living in different yeah. contexts, yeah. Yep. yeah. And uh, and when and they came back, and and really, what at that point, where I was really kind of brought into their family more, I got to see behind the curtains. You know, I was kind of the. The, uh, the other kid. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. The, the, you know, the, the kind of like sixth kid in the family They had five kids. Yeah. Um, and frankly, like behind the curtains, wasn't all pretty, you know, like it's a family and, um, you know, they would drive me crazy because I drove them crazy and they, (sighs) and they'd speak truth to me. Um, but, but there was this kind of like what's behind the scenes is no different than what's out front and what's out front is really pretty radically um, I, I wouldn't say indifferent to the world, but uh but I think resistance. Uh, yeah. almost kind of they they embodied behind you know, behind closed doors and in public, they embodied a, a kind of um a cultivated indifference to uh uh fitting in. Yeah. Right. So so yeah. you know, I just saw for these people, Jesus is the, the kind of all encompassing governing Everything. Yeah. So if he says go to Venezuela, they go to Venezuela. If he says, you know, go over here, go over here, they just do it. And and if people are going to like reject them, they just didn't care. And I was like, ah, that's really weird to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and think about it. That is the, in our culture today. And it's particularly more acute now with you know social media and the amounts of life we life we see other people living. Yeah. Uh, people care about this. They care about how they're perceived. They care about their personal brands. They care about how the world looks at them. And to be someone uh, who stands kind of against those winds, man, that's a. Paramount in our day of resistance, mm. um, to to be different in that way, and, and I love what you said there about you know you get to see everything because one of the one of the things that I you know I didn't know what, what, what Christian people are they people that act perfect or are they going to be better than me I don't know what what they're about but one of the things I appreciate about Mike and his wife Kim is that they one um, my family was kind of rough growing up and so I I saw a family I was like man wait wait a second, they, they kind of want to be together. They kind of like each mm. other. But at the same time, they were talking, yeah, we're we're working through marriage counseling because we have marriage struggles with each other. Um, I know their kids. I, watch, I watched them grow up um, over the years. Um, I saw the difficulties, ups and downs and all arounds. And so there was a reality there that wasn't kind of like, hey, let's put on this religious faky funk thing yeah. uh, so that people will think stuff of us. But yet they just kind of had a presence that was new. It was different, um, for me. And really it was the presence of grace, forgiveness and a difference It's like, Hey, you wronged me. I blow you up. I was used to that. Right. right. And it wasn't that it's was like, Hey, we're willing to stay in this thing and work. And I'm think. I think God, you know, that, you know, obviously things like families, things like marriages are very difficult. Uh, but to see someone pursue that with a different perspective was just, Revelatory for me.
1: That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, I got. I actually, that that reminds me. I have a friend who's working on a, um, working on a book right now uh, that is all about. He's an author. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Working on a book right now that is about sex and children, and really trying to show the biblical. Um, Really, a biblical story that that unites these two things that have been so divided in our culture, right? Yeah, like we, yeah. we, you know, it's so divided since say 1961. So it's not about like you have a two year old when when do you, when when can you have sex? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> how are we ever going to put on the Wiggles? And <laughs> that's the that's the appendix. Put on Thomas the Tank um, uh, Engine, so we have five minutes. No, more of a kind of a biblical yeah. worldview of yeah. sex and and child and children. Yeah, really interesting. But one of the one of my one of my feedbacks was. Uh, don't neglect to show how influential and how much, how much kind of um, uh, uh, apologetic beauty. Yeah, a a big family that likes each other is like yeah. not a perfect family, not a family that's fake, not a you know hypocritical family that presents yeah. one yeah. thing that isn't. But like when mom and dad like each other, when they're still you know, there's joy in the family. There's grace being extended. Don't blow each other up when there's a lot of kids around when you, when, like when that happens, there's some kind of influence there that goes beyond just what you can get on print or there's, there's something that's seen, right. That's,
0: that's really different. You know, one of the things that sometimes I remind myself, um, and maybe remind some of you guys today listening is that, sometimes we feel because of our own flaws and sins and struggles and persistent things. We're like, man, if I get over this or get past certain things, you kind of think like, how could God use me to influence anybody else? But sometimes it's easy to forget that people, right. Are God's plan a for, for his, Mm. his work in the world. People are unique. And when, The Bible says image and likeness of God. This isn't just like physical appearance. This is like our role in the world is that God created men and women to be together, to have certain abilities and capacities to represent a good and benevolent king and God and creator on the earth to each other. Right. And, and when things are broken, the redeemer, uh, is, is built rebuilding things, re reconciling with us. And he uses people, right? This is a, a passage, Jesse, that in the new Testament, that in our days working in campus ministry, very familiar, but it's very earthy, right? It's a very down the earth thing that we need to understand. God wants to use us, flawed us, broken us, sinful us, uh, in the lives of others. This is in second Timothy. It's a letter, uh, from a a kind of an older mentor, Paul to this young, young guy, Timothy. He says, you, then my child be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence, right. Of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And then, then it goes on, give some examples, right. Share in suffering as a good soldier, of Christ. Uh, an athlete's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Uh, it's the hard working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. And so here's the reality. God says, "Hey, be faithful, right? Follow Jesus, don't get all into yourself. Don't think you're you're the savior. Don't think you're You know, famous leader, people in the world, whether politicians, celebrities, or whatever, are the ones that are going to save us. We follow, right, Jesus. And then he uses people. Mm. And people that are faithful. Now, faithfulness, right? can be lost we can we can like start following other trends start uh, capitulating to other ideologies we can become someone right our character can get eroded so that we become someone who isn't pointing to Jesus doesn't uh, look like him doesn't uh, resemble what he's called us to be so this is imperfection this is just faithful following as a you know an athlete and a soldier and a farmer Putting in work, caring resisting well, but yet engaging well so that, right, others others will see who Jesus is through our testimony, through our even our families, messy as they are. Um, and without resistance thinking, without both these both moves we've been talking about, thoughtful engagement, resistance thinking, that has to be held in tension so that we can speak to people in culture, but also kind of maintain a Christian distinctiveness in the chaos and ideologies Hmm. that are swirling in the borderlands, right? All around us. Jesse, one of the things about a family, um, that I think our second word, right? Refuge. Yeah. Right. Uh, we want to influence others, but people need refuge in this world. If you just think of all the things that people travel through, why is refuge a word you would think people, people need?
1: Oh man. Well, gosh, because life is really hard. Uh, because you know when when the elements are challenging, and really yeah. for us, the elements it used to be thousands of years ago. We'd have to worry a lot more about the fact the that it's has raining for yeah. the last Zeta. The yeah, top end of right. Hurricane Zeta's hitting us. Hitting us. Yeah, we we worry a lot more about that. But we have we have this, and it, but really, the existential storms are swirling in and yeah. uh, really probably more acute ways than ever. Right, we have. Yeah. You know, we're seeing trends of, uh, we, we've got more stuff, more medicine, more advance in science and more depression, more suicide, more self-harm than ever. And so you kind of see that like, Hey, it's not just that we can, uh, prosper our way to yeah. flourishing and happiness. And so, so really the storms are swirling no matter, you know, what culture we're in. And yeah. so, yeah, so yeah, people are, I mean, really one of the most when as a pastor, uh, one of the most, um, we, I see this all the time. I don't, I, I don't see many people won to Christ through purely kind of academic argument. It, a lot of times it's because they're looking in, and they're going, man, it's pretty, it looks pretty warm in there. Yeah. Yeah. Or someone inside, someone's not, when I say inside, I don't mean inside some sort of insider Insider baseball, yeah. got the Dakota I, yeah, ring, but, yeah. but I do mean someone who's, who's in the refuge is going, yeah. Hey man, I know, I know you're going through a storm right now, um, how about yeah, I got some folks who are in my small group. We'd love to make you guys a meal for your yeah, family right now yeah. this sort of you know
0: hey i'm I'm having a fire friday,
1: come over come over right? yeah you know? it's got a few guys that we you know every, once a month we hang out around the fire pit and talk about life yeah. and what's going on.
0: I think it's fairly common uh, for those who take take the church for granted. Maybe people grew up in it and been around it a long time. And, you know, somebody hurts you in the church and it's hard to think that somehow, somewhere outside of that community, the world is better. And I always look at that as like, you know what? A lot of times in the world, people don't even ask you how they're doing unless they're, they have to or they're related yeah. to you. Um, and for persons, you know, who actually want to love someone else and bear their burdens to be a place where they can unload, uh, in safety. It's just rare, man. Yeah. And so I think for us, we need to realize that God has put outposts of people, whether that's you as a friend, individual, you know, your character, a certain kind of person, right. Uh, or your family, the crew you roll with, maybe another kid who needs some love and some focus and attention come into your, your circles and your church community. Um, it is a refuge. I love this. Um, I love this song. It was on one of the Sojourn music, uh, Sojourn Church, Louisville, Kentucky. They they had some CDs in the late 2000s that our kids got really into when they mm. were little. And one of the songs is, uh, is called Refuge. I know that our days are in your hands, though I draw near to dust, right? We're going to mm. die. This is sojourning through a world, pain, difficulty, death is coming. Though I draw near to you, are the God in whom I trust. You are He is a refuge, right? Yeah. And I think when God is a refuge, a present help in time of trouble, when people get the rhythm of going to him, casting our burdens on him, uh, it changes us. And more than anything, we're not saying, "Hey, come hang with us. We're awesome." It's more like, "Hey, we found refuge, right in 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 our God and Creator who welcomes us, who creates a family, who gives grace, who gives forgiveness, who gives kindness, where the world is just a harsh storm at times." And that's very important that we remain that kind of community. And I, and I think some of the political stuff, right, that we all get into. And look, I, I have dear beloved folks that are going to vote every way you can imagine, and I and I don't fault them for it. I think it's great. Do your thing. But I think when people think, okay, what are Christians about? And when people, you know, either in a popular cultural sense or in your circle sense, think, well, they're about getting their political agenda and crushing others to do it. It's an utter disaster for who we're supposed to be as a people if it's if it 's cold in the world hey let 's just go out and burn it down and that 's not how we bring warmth no it's right. it 's through gentleness respect, kindness, meekness, love, love our enemies. this is the teaching right of of Jesus of nazareth
1: mm. Mm. amen amen, amen. And, and and that and that really works with uh having a uh, what, what we talk about a lot of times with folks in our church is having a A posture of hospitality yes that uh that hospitality isn't really about um setting the fine china out it can be if you're if that's your context and that's how you that's your flow that's how you roll yeah
0: yeah if you got you you got it you you got got some you got some you can use it that's that's
1: that's that's okay yeah we don't have hardly matching dishes right we (laughs) we got got cuts from the basketball game yeah (laughs) yeah. so uh but but really hospitality is about making space for someone right making making essentially saying hey there's room for you here, yeah. and that can be done around the well, you know, with yeah. like Jesus does with a Samaritan woman. Uh, he basically creates refuge for her That's right. uh, in her backyard, right? And right. her well. So, That's so right. yeah, I, I love that idea of saying, "Hey, come on in. It's cold outside. Yeah. I'm not going to scorch earth this relationship so That's that right. I can, you know, burn it down. But I'm, I, but I might build a little fire here that you can come gather around." Amen. And and sometimes we're throwing things we used to worship in
0: that fire, and there is a little bit of putting aside and putting away old ways of life or old ways of worship and thinking and values uh, for the sake of loving God and loving each other. Yeah. I love it that you brought up, Jacob, as well. Obviously, that's the name of, of, of the church we planted in New Jersey in John 4, and that Jesus really crosses racial boundaries, gender boundaries, uh, religious boundaries, social societal kind of expectations, boundaries, in order to not just to be like, Hey, I'm here to be nice to you, but to speak to real need. Right. Yeah. Hey, she was thirsty. What was, Oh, uh, well, she could come there and get water and quench her physical thirst. But he was really speaking something different, different that she kind of had some hard goes man with, with husbands and dudes and probably wasn't treated great. Um, and you know, other people probably looked at her like she was doing something bad in the world and maybe she was, maybe she went, there's all kind of, Speculation on interpreting that passage, but what we do know is that she was a broken woman in need of grace, and uh, Jesus met her there. Mm. And gave her, gave her a different view. And then her, her response was right. Hey, come see, come see this person who told me everything I ever did and, and knew me. Right. And I think we all want to be known. We all want to be loved. And the ultimate expression of that is, is from God, God himself, the, mm. the grace extended to us.
1: And so, and, and, and even thinking about the way that Jesus interacts and engages with her at the well is, is resistant thinking because it's, he's he's refusing to 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 go down the the route of either paradigms the kind yeah. of um maybe the paradigm of of the the Samaritan village and the the kind of way of life she was pursuing outside of the people of god yeah or the paradigm of the kind of religious elites who had You know, sort of uh, turn it into this performance and and uh, legalism, and And even the expectation of his own disciples. Like, what is she? What is he doing talking to her?
0: You know, um, and sometimes you have to do that. Some church people may not like you loving folks that are different or hanging with folks that might have different ideas. And um, I think it's a great that we sacrificially do that. That's what what God would have us to do. Now, Jesse, as we wrap up today, um, there is some interesting things that we're going to walk into next because we are going to talk more about refuge uh, at towards the end of this kind of resistance thinking kind of miniseries we're doing about how we live in the borderlands. Certainly after heightened times, we have an election coming up next week. Uh, things will shake out how they shake out, but where do we stand? Because no matter who wins in political powers and who how we approach the economy or COVID-19 in the future uh, as a society, depending on who wins elections, we still have things to fight for in this world, or things to resist mm. even vociferously strongly resist right and so we're going to get into some of that here uh, we're going to talk about how we see power how we see sensuality how we see uh the use of these things uh in our culture and society and human rights mm. uh where do universal human rights come and why we fight for them and resist certain things that would call us away from seeing the image of god in all people uh in loving well there so we're going to talk about resistance, right? Pretty seriously on the next few times. And then we'll we'll close out with more talks on refuge, particularly the difficult tasks of building, right? Uh, building a life based on the gospel, building a family. What does that really look like? When even during COVID-19, COVID-19 is hurting the family. There are people like, let's go ahead and kill it. Yeah. People don't realize that in our culture. There are folks that think uh, men and women marrying, having babies, right? Uh, is kind of a... Uh, an oppressive thing. Yeah. Bizarrely. So we're going to talk about why the family can be, and we're going to cast some hope and vision for the family can be a refuge uh, for us and others. And certainly the, the difficult tasks of building gospel communities, churches that matter. We'll talk about how those can be not just places of hurt or church hurt, uh, but also places of uh, grace, Uh, not perfect, broken, but places that uh, refuge from the storms might be in play. (sighs) Yeah. <sighs> Well, man, I'm excited for that little yeah, slate we got coming up. Yeah, it's going to be, going to be fun. Thank you guys for joining us here mm. uh, on the Gospel Underground. We enjoy this. We're encouraged by the feedback. I got a note from an old friend. Um, I actually, my, the info at org email, for some reason, it, it unhinged from forwarding when I switched from power of change to the ah. gospel underground this summer. And so I missed a bunch of very important legal kind of things and financial things, but I also missed an email from a, a really good friend, an older gentleman who, you know, wanted to say, Hey, I, I get being a Christian in this political realm, but I also have convictions about certain things. Yeah. I was like, Hey man, when we have convictions about those things, you stand for them. Yeah. You resist the things you vote, your conscience on those things yeah. as you go forward. And so thanks for writing again uh, to us here. We love it. When we hear from our listeners, uh, the gospel underground podcast, it flows from partnership with us, the gospel underground and Jesse Fury in the Bonn Opera house. We still take those reviews. If you haven't reviewed us on iTunes, you've been a listener for the long time, get your giddy up on and give us a five-star review there on iTunes. We want your feedback. We want your comments. We'll answer your emails. We do take up things you want us to discuss here on The Underground, so send those. We're checking it now to info at gospelunderground.org. We are a dialogue taking place. Relevance and faithfulness in the borderlands between the church and culture. We hope you see out there. Peace. Peace.